Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot by with Hennett Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us on this Monday edition. Sixth and Peabody are location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, we'll discuss Colorado, Colorado State, and a tight game that I didn't expect. It was not a good wagering weekend for me, Chad. I don't know about you. It was better. It was better. My, my picks that we'll display on the show probably won't show that it was better. Okay. But uh, much better. I was in the plus column this week, gambling-wise. So that's that's a step in the right direction. Uh, if you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now is the perfect moment. And here's uh, the big reason why. Exclusively, first-time points bet users, you can grab this unique offer. Uh, points bet users get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If, if your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting nowkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with points bet and make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bet comes into play there. Remember, terms and conditions apply. you got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com slash bet right now to snag this offer. That's outkick.com slash bet. Uh, some uh, breaking news up in uh, East Lansing with Michigan State. Uh, reports now, and I'm, I'm reading through on three, and other outlets are now tweeting this too. Mel Tucker's third season at Michigan State started on the right foot on the field, but the wrong foot off of it. And Michigan State uh, has officially terminated Mel Tucker for cause today. After they suspended him with pay at the start of this ordeal, he is now out in East Lansing per a release from the athletic department. So this is what Brett McMurphy initially reported has now come to pass. Looked like he jumped the gun on it, but... I, I, what I said at the time, I didn't think... I thought he was just reporting what was going down before they had that hearing or whatever. And then uh, now that you've got Tucker even saying he thinks the hearing is a farce, well, they're not going to hold it now, I guess? Well, I think what that happened was... what, October was, 5th? Whoever McMurphy's source was probably told him, yeah. yeah, it's happening. It's just not formal, official yet. They've got a dot their I's, cross their T's. They've done that now. And the inevitable. What we knew was going to happen when he was suspended indefinitely. Mel Tucker is out as head coach. I need to go ahead and get the Michigan State hot boards ready to go. I don't know who's on their hot board to replace Mel Tucker next year as, as head coach. Well, what do you do after you've spent nine and a half to pony up and the coaches that you can attract based on that price tag? That Clearly, I mean, you're up there in the top 20 uh, top 10 paid coaches uh, with Mel Tucker that you thought was going to leave for LSU. So that's why they did it. And Chad, I mean, if you're willing to pay that and you have the AD that is there and handling this uh, with uh, Haller, who is uh, a, a Michigan State guy through and through, a former player, do you run it back with the big money or just try to stay in house and see what happens this season? Because the first game, did not go well with the plan. And I don't, you never really know how that's going to go. 
But nine times out of ten, I roll with the interim. Then that was not the case oh, getting Washington at home. Yeah, I mean, they're going to roll the interim, you know, the rest of this year. No, I'm saying roll is, with the interim on, on thinking they can turn it around for a game or two. Yeah, and you that, think that, you're going to get like a, did, uh, an initial spark that, that eventually fizzles out yeah. with the interim coach. A lot of distractions last week, and, and Tucker is adamantly denied uh, any of uh, the uh, the allegations uh, that were filed through the Title IX complaint. Well, here's what you don't want if you're Michigan State. Um, you don't want to just get played by every coach to get a raise because you have this big shining billboard that says, oh, this school pays $95 million to coaches they like. So a lot of coaches that are going to be in the yeah. market for a raise their current spot will say, hey, Michigan State, let's get our agent on the phone with Michigan State because they pay, and even if I don't leave for Michigan State, I'm going to get paid where I'm at currently. That's going to happen with some big-name coaches. So you have to be leery about getting completely played if you're Michigan State on this. Here's a couple names. I'm looking at spartanwire.usatoday.com. Okay. This is the USA Today Michigan State beat. Um, they have Kalen DeBoer listed at Washington. That, to me, would be a stretch. Here's one that I think now may be doable. Matt Campbell at Iowa State who just two or three years ago was the hottest name in coaching and, and now and could have had his pick of jobs and he just kept getting raises at Iowa State. And now he's losing his head and losing uh, yeah, his now mind he's, over being told he's on the hot seat. I don't think he's on the hot seat at all at Iowa State, but he's certainly not the same hot name that he was in coaching a couple years ago. Lance Leipold at Kansas, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, some other names listed. Uh, here's an interesting one. We should have asked uh, Bobby about this. Brian Hartline. At Ohio State. Oh, that is interesting. Who is the uh, probably, I think, the most highly thought of recruiter in all of college football at Ohio State. At the wide receiver angle, yes. So uh, the other key part of this story where uh, MSU, uh, uh, Michigan State, uh, not only plans to fire Mel Tucker for cause, but uh, the reports are they've done that, and that's coming directly from the AD through a statement. Uh, and hey, here's the so they're doing that with cause. That's the storyline, and so the the big discussion last week was the language in the contract. It's very broad, and there is a early termination provision and uh, line item C. The coach engages in any conduct with con which constitutes moral turpitude or which the university's reasonable judgment would tend to bring public disrespect, contempt, or ridicule upon the university. Yeah, I mean, th that's... those contracts and those clauses are always so vague for this very reason. So that and... you can claim it legally and get out of a contract if there's anything remotely that shines a bad light on the university. And let's also look at it from the flip side of what they're doing. They're saving $80 million. So this may be... Uh, for those assuming they'll just jump right back in, this may be their sign saying, no, we're not going to give a contract like this again. We're saving. We're. I mean, they're definitely not. Like The, the well, only reason they gave Mel Tucker that contract was because... LSU was calling. Yes, and he was so good out of the gates, and everyone assumed, well, he's not going to stay there. He's going to go to a big SEC job where he spent a lot of his career, and he's going to leave. So we got to pay this to keep him, and now he's going to be this hot name in recruiting and Michigan State's going to be great, and it fizzled out. They overpaid for Mel Tucker, and I really think part of this is Mel Tucker made a huge mistake and was very dumb and all of that, but a big part of this is 
Do we really think if Mel Tucker continued with that early success that they'd be so quick to dismiss him or would they fight no. for him? I don't know. They'd be fighting for him right now. They, now they see a way to get out of all that guaranteed money. Yeah, they, they would be uh, diving in to let the let the process play out. The, the typical statement that you see that's also very broad and, and brief, uh, just like the, the contract language there. Here's an interesting name. Dan Mullen at um, Michigan State. Yes. Uh, Mullen. Someone else threw out Chris the, Peterson. Yeah, but Could what, you get him out of retirement for how to much? go to Michigan State? You're going to have to pay top dollar for Peterson. I mean, Probably for Mullen, too, yeah. to get him out of TV and how much he's making and from buyouts. his buyout at Florida. <laughs> it's just, that, that's the thing. Like, If you're not going to pay, then who are you going to have jump into that spot? It's tough. And especially, um, especially given the landscape of, of college football. Yeah, now. I mean, I think if you're not going to pay, you know – uh, not top dollar. You you look at like Matt Candle at Toledo, or you go hire hey. Sean Lewis, who's the offensive coordinator at Colorado, who was a head coach at Kent State. If not a year ago to come back to that area. If not for Mel Tucker winning early, is prime time right there last year? I, I don't know. You know what that, I mean? I ask myself I, that a lot with other programs but Hutton, that passed on him. Here's what should have happened: Mississippi State could have hired him. Georgia Tech could sure. have hired him. Yeah. Auburn could have hired him. But and I bet all I don't there's think... there's a segment of all those fan bases right now, some higher percentages than others, that are sitting there saying, kicking themselves, saying, We could be the Hollywood of college football already. That could have been going on in Atlanta at Georgia Tech, down on the plains at Auburn, in Stark Vegas at Mississippi State. He was coaching in Jackson, Mississippi. But all of those schools Went in a different direction. I mean, well, I, I, it's easy to play this game. Well, the game of, would, in, but in the game would be everyone could have had him. Well, but uh, but I I don't think Dion is staying in one place for the rest of his career. No, but, but I he's also not don't leaving he's after leaving. one year. No. He's not leaving after one. That's my point. I think it's three years minimum. You're not recruiting him now because you're a year late instead of a year early with what how this has played out. And Chad, leading into your your theme of the college football weekend as we continue for another week. Colorado continues to win regardless of how tight that window was and, and that game was against Colorado State. It was a physical game, uh, a fun game to watch, and they win it in overtime in dramatic fashion with Shador Sanders and what was a great drive uh, throughout. But a fun game and a fun season in Boulder. Well, let me start by saying that was the Colorado team I expected to see at the start of the year. One that was losing by eight to Colorado State in the fourth quarter. But let's not, let's not take that. That was a Colorado State team that got housed by Washington State. All right, yes, they had two weeks to prepare. Yes, it's a rivalry game. But Jay Norvell, credit where credit is due. That dude talked the talk and he walked the walk in that game. He gave them everything they wanted. Also credit where credit is due. A golden opportunity for Colorado just to say, well, it was fun while it lasted, and this has been a great weekend. We got uh, Offset and Lil Wayne and The Rock over on the sideline. This has been a lot of fun. And they didn't mail it in. They showed a lot of resiliency in that game, coming back and winning, and a 98-yard drive by Shador Sanders and a terrific throw for the touchdown, threading the needle in the end of it. So credit to Colorado 
for finding a way to win that game in double overtime and keep the story on them about this team, about this run for another week. That's also the Colorado team that I expected to start this season. But what that did was, in almost this crazy way, a game that everybody leading into is saying, oh, now Jay Norvell's really stepped in it. Deion Sanders is going to run the score up on him, which I said, Deion Sanders is going to run the score up on him if he has a chance regardless of what he says. He's trying to be the show and continue the show. They provided a better show. Both teams did in this game. Having a close game like that in a rivalry that leads to a double overtime win almost feels even better than blowing out Colorado State in some weird way. Now it gets tougher, but Hutton for one more week. Colorado continues to be the epicenter of college football, and that's what we see with that win. I think a loss, and it's, it's way different. It's still a big story and a great oh, story, but we're talking way different about that team now. It's okay, two weeks was fun. Now they're coming back down to earth. Is this team going to win six games? That would have been the talk. Yeah. Now, though, it's still, hey, this team's got some moxie. Well, that, They've got some resiliency. They, got something, they have something to them. By and large, though, they're going to be in these tight games in the fourth. They won at TSU the same way, or TCU, TCU the same way, yeah. right? Like that—that's uh, Nebraska to me. I think will be the outlier of the season. Yeah, I think they're going to get blown out. Also, and I think it starts that, this Saturday. Well, we got e- plenty of time to preview that it's game. It's either that or it's going to be wins like this. The games they're going to win are going to be high scoring and close. I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be the the mode for them to win is in shootouts. And Hunter, but they're also going to get too. blown out at some point. And the Travis Hunter thing, and it, uh, just a dirty play. Yes, but I mean, just a, it was surprised? it was unfortunate to see you chirp like this as a as a program. Guys are going to come after you, right? And they're, they're, it's not just one individual player. He's the primetime player. He and Shadur Sanders. But if you're if you're given an opportunity, players are going to take their chances. That that just happens whenever I mean, you have to. And these, these guys have been backing it up. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not surprised that there's a safety that has an opportunity to you know, take a shot at him on the sideline and does. Yeah, Henry Blackburn, uh, the, the safety for Colorado State. It was a, a vicious hit. And it wasn't just the, you know, the talk all week. They got into a scuffle pregame where Colorado players kind of came up running their mouth to Colorado State players. I, I did think – did Nebraska I, too. I remember them cutting over from – the Tennessee-Florida game to show that scuffle. And, and my first thought was, well, this is also what you bargained for. That, well, this is part of, look, this is, I think, this is part of the deal. If, if you're going to celebrate Deion Sanders at every turn, like this is part of it also. But I don't think they shy away from it. I think they want to create that. I don't think no, this no. is like, oh, we're, they're not going to, they're going to not going to have any retaliation on us later. I, I think they want to talk the trash because again, they're also believing they're going in and rolling them. Yeah. No, that, that, that's my point. If you're going to be the you, 2023, with that, and that's what they are, that, that attitude, that celebrity yeah. status on the sideline, everything else, this is the downside of it. What most people would say is the downside. People may love it also, but fights before the game in warm-ups, safeties on the other team taking cheap shots at your players because they hate you already going into a game, these are the types of things that can happen also on the, on the flip side of it. Uh, Chad, coming up, we'll, we'll dive back into uh, more of the discussion with the inside look on uh, what's happening in Boulder and the, the craziness. By the way, uh, 
Colorado USC uh, already announced it will be the big noon kickoff game of the week. So uh, Fox is headed back there, and it'll kick off at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. local uh, time. Local time. Mountain time. Uh, two weeks Same from, deal as the Nebraska game, which now. kicked off 10 a.m. Mountain time out there for the big noon kickoff game. Yeah, uh, but no surprise. You no. Get to go back. And massive hits for the pregame shows that were there this weekend, too. Yeah. Best thing I thought that both shows did was a profile on Peggy, the 98-year-old fan. I can't get enough of that old lady. Love her. The uh, Loved her greeting with Prime. Everything about it. She's like, you know, Sister Jean could get a little bit old at times with uh, Loyola. Um, Literally. No, no pun intended. Uh, this 98-year-old woman, Peggy, I, 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 I'm craving content from her constantly. Next week. Uh, prior to, uh, there'll be the build-up for. Yeah, no, the next pregame show that's there, they'll do another profile with him. Like, okay, that's enough, Peggy. Yeah, a week from this Peggy, coming Saturday. Peggy, you've had your 15 minutes of fame, ma'am. <laughs> that's enough. Please. Get back, get back to your seat, please. Please away. Dion's out there saying, please, away from the camera, Peggy. This is my time to do the interview. Coming up, uh, Brian Howell will join us uh, from buffzone.com. Uh, the latest on primetime and where we're headed on this crazy ride and what's been a fun football season. What's next? Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow coming up in about 20 minutes. Kelly in Vegas will join us. Uh, right now, we say hello to Brian Howe, buffzone.com. Uh, he is at the epicenter of the college football world right now uh, with uh, plenty to discuss. Also, the epicenter of uh, the entertainment world. Since uh, there's a writer's yeah. and actor strike going on, it's now Hollywood as well. Uh, Brian, thanks for the time. How, how crazy uh, w was the weekend of just behind the scenes and people watching? Yeah, pretty normal. I mean, most schools have like little Wayne leading them out and uh, and yeah. rapping while they're running out on the field, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a normal they've, thing. They've got the rock on the sidelines, things like that. Yeah, I mean, all pretty normal. It's it, it's. Uh, I mean, it's been crazy around here, and um, I mean, it was one of those things that when it happened, I didn't even recognize that little Wayne was there. I'm 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 kind of filming the you know Ralphie running out and the, and the team running out, and then I hear this music and I look in the big screen I'm like ah, little Wayne's on in the end zone uh, and singing. So all right, this is just a new norm here. Are, are fans rushing the field for any win? The new norm, also at Colorado, is that is that going to be part of this uh, Coach Prime tradition? Is this just an every game thing now? I hope not. Um, uh, you know, hopefully, I like covering a winning team, so I hope there's more wins. But um, I hope they don't rush the field every single time. I mean, I get it in some ways in uh, you know that it's rivalry, but in the way that game played out uh, on Saturday, I get it in some ways, but. Again, you know, when you're a 23 and a half point favorite and you barely win in overtime, maybe not a field rush situation, but um, I'm hoping that that would be the last one. Right. What's the latest on Travis Hunter's uh, injury and the timetable? Yeah, sounds like uh, he's got a lacerated liver, uh, which, you know, doesn't sound like it's serious, although that does sound serious, but um, I, I think he's going to be out three, four weeks. So uh, we'll see when he gets back, but it does appear that he, he's going to at least miss the Oregon game this week quite possibly USC next week. And um, three weeks would be, you know, that next game against Arizona State. So hopefully he's back for that. But it does sound like he's probably going to miss these next two big ones. And, then, and just from the matchup perspective there, if you're just a week ago previewing what was to come, it was, okay, you get past Colorado State. And then we have the the the, the truth. We, we figure out where they are in the pecking order. And without him, uh, it was always going to be tough, but without him, it is uh, certainly a bigger hurdle uh, to overcome. 
Yeah, especially on defense. I mean, offensively, I'm not super worried about it. I mean, Hunter is their best receiver, but yeah. you know, Xavier Weaver has been insane this year. Uh, Jimmy Horn, uh, they've got weapons, uh, and Shador uh, throwing the ball. I mean, they're going to find a way offensively, but it's more defensively because he's their top corner, and you have to wonder now what they're going to do uh, with corner. You know, Cormani McLean you know, was the number one corner in the class this year, and he hasn't played a snap yet on defense because he hasn't been ready. Um, is he ready now? Well, we're going to find out. I know this is a big recruiting weekend for Colorado with a lot of recruits on campus. Uh, any commitments coming out of this weekend? What's the buzz you're hearing in terms of recruiting? No commitments yet, but uh, you know what I've been hearing is that they loved it. I mean, how could you not? If you're oh, yeah. if you're a recruit at Colorado, being in that atmosphere, um, it, even though they were expected to blow them out, it ended up being a really entertaining football game and an unbelievable atmosphere. And if you're a recruit and you're seeing things like you know, little Wayne on the sidelines, uh, the rock and, uh, and you get to be a part of that experience. I mean, that that's got to sway you. If you're thinking Colorado and, and another school, that's got to maybe move you to Colorado. Is there any concern, whether it be Rick George, you know, the, the AD anyone around that program with sort of the downside of some of this, you know, the pregame scuffle because of trash talk happening before the game, the retaliation hit, which was dirty, and we're certainly not excusing from the safety on Travis Hunter that was a byproduct of all of this. Is there any concern to that with anyone around the athletic department, or is it simply uh, this is just some of the bad that comes with all the good with Deion Sanders, so we don't care? Yeah, I haven't really had that conversation you know, since this last weekend, but I might know that you know, in talking to people throughout this whole experiment, um, I hate to call it experiment, but throughout this whole tenure, I guess, uh, you know, there's – it's all new. And so there's a lot of that. I don't even know if concern's the right word, but a lot of, okay, we got to figure this out as we're going because there's so much that's new uh, with having Deion Sanders there and uh, they're trying to figure it out. And so um, I think there's probably some of that. And, you know, some of these things that have gone on, you know, it's been fueled by uh, the opponent in some ways, but, you know, CU has no problem adding some fuel to it as well. So they've probably got to back it off a little bit, but, uh, you know, for now, it hasn't caused a big issue, and so we'll see if it does going forward. What was the just the the tenor, the the reaction post game about the hit on Hunter and and with Henry Blackburn, uh, not only his number but his his mother's number was apparently posted on the internet. They've received threatening messages on social media and more. Uh, did you witness any of that or hear any of that? Just covering the team post game. Yeah, I'm just really just kind of watching social media and hearing from fans myself that. Uh, I mean, they're, they're livid with it, you know, and they're upset with Henry Blackburn. And, you know, the funny thing is uh, he grew up in Boulder, you know, he went to uh, Fairview high school. that's right in Boulder. Uh, and so he's, his family's right there in town. Uh, and Jay Norvell said today that the family's receiving um, some threats and things like that. That's over the line. I, I think it was a cheap shot, uh, but I think it's over the line to, you know, to be threatening him in that regard. Um, I think that it's getting a lot more attention because it's coach prime and it's Travis Hunter. Uh, I think stuff like this probably happens around the country more so than we think, but it's getting more attention because of the high profile nature of the CU program right now. But um, certainly CU fans are living and they are trying to find out, is there a way that uh, he can get suspended and things like that? But I think that's up to the conference. So I can't imagine he gets suspended. I've been surprised uh, a lot with this team, surprised with the win and the way they won against TCU, surprised that Colorado stepped State kept it close, quite frankly, against Colorado after what we've seen. What do you expect Saturday against Oregon? Yeah, it's been three different games. Um, you know, 
a lot of times you see a team and they kind of win a certain way. Um, we've seen three very different football games. And I think Saturday is going to be really interesting because that's the best team they've played by far. You know, Oregon is uh, you know, obviously number 10 in the country. Um, it should be the best opponent they've faced. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks, you know, a lot of offense on both sides of the ball. Oregon's defense is pretty solid, but, uh, you know, Shadur Sanders is just on the money as a quarterback. And I think there's going to be a lot of points put up on Saturday. What is needed around this program? And what I mean by that is, is it facilities? Is it an upgrade in how they go about recruiting? Because there's clearly a lot more money rolling in, and there's a chance to capitalize on all this momentum if you're Colorado football. You cover that program when they were, when they were bad, and now when they're good. How should Colorado capitalize with this on campus? Yeah, I mean, really one of the things when you're looking at athletics and, you know, facilities, things like that, their football facilities are, are very good. But, you know, for years, uh, Athletic Director Rick George has talked about they need to really upgrade the west side of the stadium, which um, is kind of a dump. The press box is, uh, you know, I, you know, I've, I've been in that press box so many times. I love it there, but it's frankly, it's one of the worst press boxes in the Pac-12. Uh, probably is the worst. And so they need to upgrade that side of it. So this could bring in some money for some of those facilities upgrades that they that they have needed for a long time. I think that's one of the ways they can capitalize on it. But, you know, there's also, uh, you know, naming rights, things like that they can get out of this. And uh, so there's a lot of ways they can capitalize on it. And, you know, Deion Sanders has mentioned um, he wants to get a baseball team here at Colorado. Well, that's a massive uh, investment because you also got to add a, a women's sport if you do that as well. So I don't know if he'll get to that level. But if they get to the point where they're adding sports, then we know that he's had a, a pretty uh, dramatic uh, impact that nobody even expected. Was he apologizing about the AC or something post game? Did I hear that or dream that up in the, <laughs> well, in, the in the presser? Yeah, the, the the room that was there was a little warm, okay. you know, and and so when he walked in there, he could feel how warm it was, and he was like, <laughs> and he was kind of saying, "Why is it so warm here? We're a Power Five, you know." Yeah. Uh, so he did say, yeah, he, he did apologize. He said, "We're going to get that fixed." Brian Howes with BuffZone.com. Uh, is BuffZone going to have the power rankings for his kids as he updates them? <laughs> uh, no, we, we won't have them. I mean, that I mean, <laughs> changes daily. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it does, that, what those kids have to do to move up and down in the rankings. But uh, certainly Shiloh Sanders got Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week just now. Uh, it was just announced a little bit ago. So Shiloh's got to be number one. Although when Shadour is playing like he is, yeah. is there a 1A and 1B? It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I mean – they're in a good spot to be the the power two uh, of the the kids' rankings for sure. Uh, yeah. Brian Howell uh, with the great coverage on Colorado and uh, fun this season for sure over at BuffZone.com. Brian, thank you, man, uh, for the time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon because this is the the soap opera that will continue. <laughs> yes, it will every single week. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Thanks. Oregon and USC coming up for them, Chad, and uh, that's that's going to provide plenty more fodder one way or the other. I meant to ask him if he believes. Does he believe now? That's the way Dion was asking. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe now? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing the beat writers uh, have always had to at least pretend like they believed, even if they didn't. Not Ed Werder. If they're but there the beat time. writers, maybe. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I'm saying the beat writer. Ed Werder doesn't care. Ed Werder's getting that assignment uh, because he lives close by can I in ask Dallas. My question now? Yeah. I, I didn't write a single thing. I don't write. It would have been what Ed Werder, how he described it. I've been a writer it, in 30 years. He, how he described it to Dan Patrick. It's one of those where, you know, you get into a, a dispute and then you get home and you get in the shower. Yes. And you think of all the things you should have said in the moment. Ed Werder, what he said to Dan Patrick after the fact about, I haven't written in 30 years. I don't know what, I didn't even write anything. That would have been a great response. I, I saw what you wrote. 
I, I don't write. I, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. The assumption would be like, a, I guess he's lumping everyone in and, and looking at me while, while saying something. You know, crazy. Uh, did the reporters ask him if, if Primetime believes after his first loss at some point? Yeah. I, Do you believe us? There's going to be a lot of uh, gotcha moments if they, when, when things go a little bit south. But I, I think Deion Sanders, because he loves this, like he loves it. Well, he loves the I back think the and way, forth. I he's gonna presser, he's gonna be fine handling it. I think the presser on how he handles it will be very similar to how he handled Saturday night. Yeah, and him Sunday and Jay morning. Norvell were totally fine with each other post game. Well, not, the, the not just that, but like admitting like to the reporters and to the fans, like, uh, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking I can't lose this dude across from me right now. Well, and he said we were and hot ha- garbage for most of that allow, game, and allow him to come in here and and speak to you guys like I know he would had he won this game. I, I, of course I'm thinking about that. Yeah, he said at halftime too, he said, well, we got to move the ball. Our offense has been terrible. And then post game, he said, you know, we played like hot garbage for about three quarters of this game. So I'm happy to get out of, uh, get out of there with a win. Chad, Crazy uh, circumstances in that game. So two things. Number one, uh, two other takeaways. Georgia to me, I, I'm still uncertain about the Bulldogs. Meanwhile, on Saturday, the LSU Tigers was the team I thought we would see against Florida State as they took on Mississippi State. That's a, that's a defensive-led Mississippi State Bulldogs program. Jaden Daniels was unbelievably good in that game. And neighbors, too. I mean, nearly a perfect – that's as close as you get to a perfect game. They started 11 for 11, 12 for, for 12. For a quarterback, yeah. I think he had two incompletions the entire game. touchdown throws. He was great. LSU looked incredible. That, that's how you bounce back. That's a good example of – this can be a week-to-week season because LSU looked awful and they yeah. looked like they were dying in the second half against Florida State. I think Florida State's another great example of that week-to-week in college football. They should have blown out Boston College in that game and they had to come back and hold on for dear life to beat a really bad Boston College team on the road. Yeah, they were down, what, 14-3 or something? Yeah. Early. So I, I credit, and I, I thought this oh. would happen, but... A year ago, that Brian Kelly team responded well to some early adversity and got better and better as the year went on. I think they're going to do just the same this year. Um, Mississippi State did not look good in that game. Well, at I don't home understand either. their offense. Like they went from sixty-seven percent pass to like thirty-one percent pass with the same quarterback. Zach Arnett strikes me as old school to a fault in how he approaches the game and in scheme. I mean, in college football right now. And I just don't think, prove me wrong, I don't think you can beat teams 14 to 10 consistently in the SEC. And it feels like that's how this defensive guy wants to go about it. No, and LSU's defense, not strong against the pass to begin the year, but stout against the run. You know, it's just, uh, I, I learned more about LSU because they were going against Arnett's defense. Yeah. And the way the Tigers played, was again that that is still a team to watch out for. I hesitate to make some big broad sweeping, you know, accusation or just call something so quickly, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Carson Beck lacks it. Whatever Stetson I, Bennett had, I don't see it from Carson Beck at Georgia. We, now they're still very talented. They were able to sleepwalk through an entire half and go what 14 to three. They were down at halftime and then went yeah. pretty easily in a driving rain in the second half. And it's just when that defense decides to to turn the screws up on you, you're done. 
They, but they have consistently done that, they and they did, did it again. They started the second half and looked like a competent offense. Looked too. better, looked better. Got the got the run game going also. Um, but we'll, you know, wait and see. There, there's going to be maybe there's a little bit of complacency with that Georgia team, but they're still able to win the game. Um, I, 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 the SEC is down. We've said it now for two weeks. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't know if it's it's, it's, it's just, hard to it's know. It's not as strong at the top. It's not as top heavy. It's I down. I, I, I think I, overall it's down. Uh, Missouri winning on a 61 yard field goal to beat right. Kansas State is a great example. Missouri did not look very good in the first two weeks. They beat a top 15 team. Well, Florida looked like they couldn't do much of anything at Utah. They looked a lot better. Well, Tennessee's been back and forth this year, but they look terrible on the road. I think we're going to get the Big 12's a, best looks really good. There's going to get a lot more. We're going to have a lot more results like this in the SEC, where week to week we're not really going to know who is what in this conference. I think we're yeah. going to see more and more of that. I, I, th- I think though the 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 teams that have been steady are still there. It's just not as top heavy. Meanwhile, the top heavy teams in the other conferences are beating up on Alabama right now. Yep, like Texas. Kelly in Vegas joins us next. Help us make some money. Sixth and Peabody, our location, the Outkick Studios. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, host of Bet On It, joins us to talk about top bets and maybe the worst beat of the of the weekend. Certainly, the most we've seen in the NFL thus far, where uh, somehow the the Rams kick a meaningless field goal at the end and they cover. The, the back door cover, they cover the seven and a half and, and lose by seven. Kelly joins us now. Uh, first off, did you place a wager on this, Kelly? I actually did not have a wager against the spread, but I did have the Niners in a teaser. I was late to the party. Once it hit seven and a half, I said, all right, I'll do a six-point teaser here with a couple other teams. So it didn't matter to me one way or another as long as the Niners won by two or more. What percentage of coaches, Kelly, do you think actually pay attention to the point spread? They all like to say that they don't, and they're just busy preparing their team and all of that. But what – Honest percentage of coaches, do you think, know what the point spread is when they're playing the game? Uh, I think the younger coaches definitely know. We know that the players are starting to figure it out, uh, except for the Georgia players who, who thought they were underdogs at some point in time last season, which was rather comical. But I would say probably 50%. You've got to kind of have to wonder. Like That's a, a determining factor on how good your team is or is not. I mean, there's always been uh, the saying – Good teams win, great teams cover by my friends at the Superbook. And uh, I think there's a definite factor there. This was a decidedly disappointing weekend for both of our alma maters. Mm. Kansas State loses on a 61-yard field goal as time expires at Missouri. I bet on Kansas State. I thought they'd win by double digits as a short favorite in that game. I did not bet on Tennessee to do anything good in the swamp because I'd never see it happen. And they went down there and they laid an egg against Florida, Kelly. Uh, Disappointing weekend for both of our teams. Yeah, the worst beat I had was getting stuck behind the Vols uh, police escort on the way to the Gainesville airport. (laughs) I did have Florida money line, though, which made it not as bad. Yeah, my Kansas State Wildcats, though. I mean, what what a kick. 
What a unit of a kicker. Uh, 61 yarder, SEC record. Congrats. Hats off to the Mizzou Tigers. They played their butts off. But here's a little trick. Anytime you see all the tickets on one side, I think it was 85 plus percent of the tickets on K State minus six. And then we saw five and a half. And then we saw four and a half. And then we saw three and a half. And the money just kept rolling in on the cats. I was pretty nervous that that game was going to land within a field goal, so I did not bet it. But we like to call that reverse line movement. So maybe in the future, if you see that start to happen, know that you might just want to stay away from that. Did you play the reverse line movement on Colorado State with Colorado with all that money flowing in on the buffs after Jay Norvell's comments? Did you go with the Rams at that point? So funny that you say that I was not going to, right? The week prior, I told everybody, I said, I am not touching this Nebraska team. They have not passed the eye test. Uh, while I do think Jay Norvell is a good coach, you know, we've talked about it before. How long does it take these teams to become cohesive units? And I think the transfer portal in Colorado, Colorado State, several schools have proven that maybe it doesn't take as much time as we once thought for these guys to start to gel. Colorado State played their butts off. I will give my buddy Adam credit. He gave me the nudge before kickoff. He said, well, come on. You don't. You sure you don't want to take the Rams here? Just a little bit of you wants to be a contrarian. So I was very happy to get a catch that 23. So I'm curious on your on how you approach this. So last week, I think the, you, the the futures bet for Colorado, Oregon, I could get the Buffaloes on the road for like uh, plus 14 and a half, maybe, maybe a, a, a half point more. Uh, do you generally play them a week out if they're like that, thinking they have a chance to go up? Or how do you uh, oversee advice for someone like me who's trying to catch a deal before the, the price tag goes up a bit? Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? Reading the market, whether it's the stock market or the betting market, you want to have good insight. You also want to kind of figure out who's going to be doing what. And that line was 14. And I thought, man, that seems a little steep. I am not that high on the ducks. If you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I gave oh, out right. Texas Tech on your yeah. show. So I thought, you know, we may see this one if if Colorado, and this was, you know, about a week and a half ago, if Colorado ends up putting a whooping on Colorado State, we may see this one close at like 11 and a half. Well, Colorado on the ropes. Now all of a sudden the ducks are over 21. They were plus four or minus 14 and a half. Now 21. I think this is only going one way, still not that high on Oregon, but I think maybe the rug got pulled out of uh, all the Colorado betters legs, if you will. And so they've been brought back down to earth, but if it gets much higher, I'm not going to lie to you. I might have to be on the buffs in a bounce back spot. Uh, another, just uh, your opinion here. Why do, why do some sports books, refund props like with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and others don't what like why do some feel they have to when uh, DraftKings and FanDuel are practically right there on an even playing field at least from perception wise one refunded everything and the other ones said no we're sorry it's a wager you know I grew up my sports betting career in Las Vegas when that was the only state that had legalized gambling and you would have never heard of it I'm trying to remember what the book was that refunded like one of the first times I ever heard of a bet being refunded in that type of manner. I don't think it was a prop bet, but it was something significant. And I was walking into the golden nugget and my good friend, Tony Miller, I said, why would they do that? And he goes, it's a marketing stunt, Kelly. And I said, what? And he goes, they only had like 76 people actually make that wager. So it looks like, oh, we're doing the right thing here. So my guess is- <laughs> Well, why maybe... do you admit to not doing it then? I'm guessing they didn't want to take the beating on it. I mean, there, there's depending on the books, depending on how they book their wagers, 
that can cost uh, an outfit hundreds of thousands of dollars. If no, I'm not saying on the flip million. side, like on, on the flip side, the other uh, like Fanduel saying, "Sorry, we have a policy. We're not refunding you." Well, they have a policy this time, right? They you gotta you have to adhere to your rules, and whatever your sportsbook <laughs> rules are, need to remain consistent because otherwise, you're gonna get these crybabies on Twitter, like we've been seeing, going, "I didn't get my bet Thank refunded," you. and you should see it. it so it's, it's a listen, it's a bet. At right? the end of the day, these guys did this to themselves. When they started refunding these bets, You're they right. opened up the floodgates. And I have no, like, what? So I do not feel bad for them whatsoever for getting flack on social media for now, not refunding bets. Chad and I need how, some refunds. Well, how much of this is like complaining about your cable company? Where they're in a dispute mm-hmm. with someone and you're pissed off and you take to social media and you bitch about it to everyone that'll listen. And you might even call up the company and let someone have it on the phone. But they know when push comes to shove, you're not going to go through all the effort to send someone out to your house and put a direct TV dish up or get YouTube TV or whatever it takes. And I know a lot more people are cutting the cord, but I look at that a little bit with online sports wagering. And I think, how many people really get so mad about that <laughs> that they're going to say, you know what, I'm deleting this app, I'm taking all my credit card information away from it, and I'm moving to X app because of this. Do you think that's a high percentage of people that will actually do it? No, and if you're only betting with one app in a state like Tennessee, New Jersey, Nevada, Colorado, all these states with multiple books, you're already doing yourself a disservice anyway. You need to have outs as many as you can, as many apps, at least have a little bit of money in each one of them. So no, you're only hurting yourself pretty much by closing said app. I say this coming off a pretty good weekend by my standards, gambling wise, but I really need Kelly's guidance in all things with this because I am one of those idiots that only gambles with oh, one no. app in, uh, oh, and I'm no. in Tennessee. Now kick.com slash bet is where you can go to get them. so much more important than you'll ever realize. You guys, we're talking five cents here. And when I say five cents, I mean five cents on every dollar, 10 cents on every dollar. You're going to find that there is not that many that are similar across the board. Always shop. Come on. It's like when you go to the grocery store, you're going to look for good prices. You're going to look for good quality. Yeah, but you're shopping for like... Uh... You know, we've got uh, certain games and like the Division Three level that you're shopping. I'm I'm just looking no. for the I'm looking for the top I'm looking for the top game and I'm looking for the spread to drop to five and a half, which is why I took the balls. Oh no. Oh no. There was another great example of reverse line movement. Actually, I will say, I think a lot of bookmakers were cheering for the balls when it was all said and done. Late money came in on Florida. I did have a plus six and a half, a little bit of plus two dollars on the money line, but Hey, you got to give credit. Billy Napier saved his job. I'll say that much. Big win for him, for sure. How much money do we believe was lost on the field goal try that was good where you've got Stafford spiking it at the end there for the Rams? And they got the ball back with like a minute and a half left. And typically you go for the field goal because you need the onside anyway. And then you go for the touchdown. In this case, there's four seconds and they kick it. Do we? Do you have any idea about the the average game that's wagered on a uh, you know in the NFL per week? I am trying to look and see. I I did Google it because I had a feeling you guys would ask me if it was a certain sports book how much money really changed hands, and I could not find it to be <laughs> brutally honest with you guys. Uh, but Twitter, I would, Twitter was crazy. See, about I would. It. I would say probably in the millions um, because you have to remember Niners opened at six and a half last Sunday, right? We saw a very sharp group that everybody respects in Las Vegas, bet it at six and a half and immediately went to seven, almost seven and a half. So at eight, I said, all right, I'm just going to tease the Niners because I'm a, I'm a giant wuss. If I miss the number, I'm, 
going to just stay off. I know better at this point. So I was like, oh, I'll just tease it with the Eagles. I'll look at something else here. And I would probably say in the millions of dollars, uh, depending on the sports book, was, was exchanged hands there with Sean McVay uh, electing to kick that one. Kelly, give me your God's honest opinion on this one. Not that you always don't, you don't give us your God's honest opinion, but especially <laughs> on this one, I want your God's honest opinion. Sean McVay is a young guy as a coach. You said the younger the coaches and the players certainly know the line. Did he do this to troll gamblers to cover the line or did he do it just to give his field goal kicker and the special teams unit an in-game rep, knowing that it wasn't going to matter one way or the other? Or was this a troll job by McVeigh? I don't think it was a troll job by McVeigh, if we're being really honest. I don't think he's that type of guy. Now, if it was like a Bill Belichick or, um, you know, maybe a Mike Norvell, if you will. Like some of those guys, you can tell like their personality and what they're going to do. I don't think McVay is that type of guy. You get your field goal kicker out there. You got four seconds left. Do you have time to onsite it and then go for the, the, you know, hopefully get the cover and then throw a Hail Mary? No, we all know that. But the right move is to kick the field goal. They also have Brett Mayer, who, uh, Meyer, who's uh, been awful in, in recent uh, memory. Very so. good point. Yeah, so maybe it was a just Let a me practice. see if you can actually just make yeah, a kick let's, let's get four a, seconds left. Let's get an in-game practice situation Get out there and going. kick it because you know we're losing. We'll see if we can make it. Hey, not, Brett, pretend this is for the game. Go. Let's yeah, go. Let's act like uh, this is a game winner. Hey, what do you like tonight for Monday Night Football in the doubleheader? Yeah, so I'm looking at the Panthers, but gosh, Frank Wright over recent history, like at least in Indianapolis, was not great. And, you know, his first couple of games, they always had historical slow starts. So slight lean to the Panthers. Uh, divisional home dogs always seem to want to get my money. Luckily, I only teased the Pan uh, the Patriots last night. They did not get my money. Uh, but I do like the Steelers tonight. They're in an excellent teaser situation. If you want to tease them with the Ravens going into this week, most books will allow that. So if you're a wuss like me, tease the Steelers, get them up over the touchdown and uh, bring the Ravens down under the field goal. Easy peasy, no sweat. Right, guys? Kelly in Vegas, the only person getting her money is Megan. Megan making money, Chad. Yep. Kelly's, Kelly's making money too, though. <laughs> Kelly's making money too. Kelly, good to see Never you. Never make and, that uh, mistake again. <laughs> you only have to teach me once, Kelly. That's the thing gonna, about me. You, you might as well tell everybody. You can't use the inside joke and then okay. not tell them okay. the story. Uh, well, we, we have told this the, the first time uh, you're uh, all okay. of us. You, you went, yeah, yeah. you dropped off, and then we. Uh, we don't have to revisit it. I, I, I uh, no, accidentally called we'll, Kelly Megan. We'll revisit the story if you want on Friday when you rejoin us, Kelly. Sounds perfect. Can't wait. All right. We got our topics. We're going to Full the retrospective coming Friday. We will Friday. all be. The docu-series continues about we'll how I screwed up and called Kelly Megan. That <laughs> continues this Friday. Episode two. Oh, Megan making money. Episode two. Oh, Kelly and Vegas. Oh, great. Oh, of course, oh yeah. yeah. It was almost like uh, in old school when Luke Wilson goes, <laughs> oh, Denver, the yeah. Sunshine State. Uh, this this, oh, this model? Florida. Gorgeous. Oh, this, this exact one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I love it. Chad, this I model here? <laughs> Coming up, we've got the top NFL takeaways and uh, a, a reaction uh, opinion to what we saw. I, I thought there were three quarterbacks that saved their team's season based on their performance in the clutch moments. Uh, we'll dive into that. Plus, uh, there's plenty going around injury-wise. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are 0-2. His calf is, uh, is an issue, and you've got Bengals coaches saying they – they don't know. I didn't, they I, don't know if I he would be available on Monday night. I never knew a calf could be this big of a problem. 
Dr. David Chow. We got to get Dr. David Chow on to talk about the calf muscle. I've never had this big of an issue he with the calf. You got to be 100 percent when you cramps. return, or you're it's going to be can, lingering. You can solve with pickle juice and water. I, this is the yeah. the most problematic calf. Chad and I are going to go take a salt pill uh, during the. I'm going to see if I can injure my calf tonight pitching in softball. Stay tuned.